Some of you know that my favorite food is spaghetti. I shouldn't do this to you at this time of day. This will make you hungry, but it is no secret. I always look forward to eating spaghetti on Wednesday nights when that opportunity rolls around, and it did roll around a couple of weeks ago. It is a wonder to behold spaghetti on my plate, and I always think afterwards I should feel guilty for how much spaghetti I eat. It is a wonderful thing. I, I have loved it my whole life. It's always been that way for me. Uh, children, I will have you know that when I was your age, I loved spaghetti. And I thought I finally would eat enough spaghetti to where I didn't like it anymore. But it still hasn't happened. If you love spaghetti as much as I do, you may still be loving it when you're my age. It's a wonderful thing. Oh, sure. I like to eat other stuff, too. I like chicken nuggets. I like macaroni and cheese. Do you like macaroni and cheese? I do. I know. It's this good stuff. It really is. And I like, I like hamburgers. I think I like hot dogs just a little bit better than hamburgers. Those are really good. And I like shrimp. I like steak. But nothing, nothing makes my mouth water like spaghetti. That is food from heaven. It is so good. I bet you have a favorite too, food too. Um, have you got a favorite food, especially I'm asking the children, but do you have a favorite food that I have not mentioned or that is special to you, even if I have already mentioned it, but you now you got to shout it out if you like it, okay? Tell me what your favorite food is. Gumbo, that sounds good. Any children? Have we got some children that have special foods? What was that? All right, tell me one more time because my hearing is not good enough. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. That is just fantastic. Guess what I had this morning for breakfast? Fruit Loops. Now that's good stuff. That is good stuff. Okay. Ice cream is a good one. Reagan, do I see you back Fudge, oh goodness, where is Michael Moore when we need him? Um, fudge is absolutely wonderful, it is. I, I look forward to Christmas, especially in getting fudge. That's a great thing. Anybody else? Katie, I'm going to ask you, I see you over there in the corner. Do you have a special food? You're going to be too shy to tell me right now. I'll ask you. Do you have a special food? Do you like it all? You like it all. I do too. Okay, good. That's good. Well, let me tell you, I think that not only do people have favorite foods, I think animals have favorite foods too. Guess what our little dachshunds' two favorite foods are, okay? Two favorite foods. Our little dachshund loved carrots, carrots, loved to eat carrots. And that second food, can you guess? Spaghetti, exactly, exactly, that's what it was, spaghetti. How could he not love spaghetti in our house? 
that little dog could put away some spaghetti. Now, I learned something recently that sheep love kudzu. Now, I don't know if you can see this, but these sheep are eating kudzu. And it happened that this came to my attention because my daughter and son-in-law and my grandson, Bobby and Willa, that live up in Bishop, Georgia, right up near Athens, they've got a neighbor who has a real problem with kudzu in their yard. And their neighbor didn't know what to do about it. And somebody said, you need to get some sheep. And so they rented some sheep. And they've had sheep eating kudzu all this past week. And my daughter told me today, in fact, she told me, she, she said, you wouldn't believe, but those sheep have just about eliminated all of that kudzu. They love it so much, they will not stop eating it. And they're supposed to be there for about another week, and we think it's all going to be gone then. Sheep love kudzu. Let me tell you something. Have you ever heard of the goat man? Have you ever heard of the goat man? Are there any children here that have ever heard of the goat man? No. Well, now this was not a man who looked like a goat. This was a man who raised goats, and he loved to have goats with him wherever he went, and he had a wagon that had steel wheels, and he would travel around, and guess who pulled the wagon? The goats did. He hooked the goats up to the wagon. This man was, was from central Georgia, and he would travel all up the eastern side of the United States. He even said that he traveled all the way out to the west coast. I cannot imagine that. He said that he would have gone to Hawaii if his goats could swim. But he, he, he was worried about it anyway because he thought that they would eat the grass skirts of the hula dancers there. Don't dwell on that, okay? <laughs> he was a strange man. Chess McCartney was his name, the goat man. And he traveled all around. But children, let me tell you, I met the goat man. I met the goat man. I saw this guy and even talked to him. Actually, my daddy did the talking. I was in the third grade. And the goat man came and he parked his wagon directly in front of our church. And guess what? My daddy got a little frustrated with that. He did. And he said, Bill, he said, let's go out and pay the goat man a visit. And so we walked out there. And oh, have you ever smelled a goat before? <laughs> oh, goodness. It was awful. It was awful. And guess what? The goat man did not know how to keep trash inside of his wagon. He was always throwing trash on the outside. But we walked up, and my daddy was so kind to him. My daddy's just like that. And he was so kind to him, and he was saying, Now, what is your name, and how are you doing, and wouldn't you like to come to church um, if you're going to be here for a while? And the goat man said, now, who are you talking to my daddy? And he said, well, I'm the preacher at the church. And the goat man said, well, I'm a preacher too. And my daddy's eyes got about this big at that point because he had no idea that the goat man was a preacher. 
the goat man said, let me go find my Bible. And so with that, he crawled back down inside of his wagon and he lifted a little goat out and set him up there, another goat out and set him up there, and another little goat and set him up there. And he finally found his Bible and he came up. Oh, those goats were in trouble. They were having to hear some bad language coming out of the goat man's mouth. He was so upset, he said, these blankety-blank goats have had it my Bible again. And it was, sure enough, a very ragged Bible. They had been eating the pages of the Bible. Did you know that goats like to eat Bibles? I didn't know that either. But they do. They like to eat Bibles. And it reminds me that there is a story in the Bible about a prophet, a man named Ezekiel. Some of you are wondering, how are we going to come back around to where this was at the beginning of this sermon? But stay with me. But Ezekiel, he had this vision. And it's like a dream, but even more real than that. And Ezekiel, Ezekiel began to see these wheels in his vision and these wheels inside of wheels. It was a fancy vision. But finally, God spoke to him, and he gave them this Bible that was printed on both sides. It was actually a scroll that was printed on both sides, and he said, eat this. Now, we don't know whether Ezekiel actually ate it for real, but in that vision, he began to eat it because God said to eat it. And why in the world would God ever tell somebody to eat? eat the Bible. Why in the world would God do that? That is the strangest thing in all the world. I think that maybe the reason is because God knows how much we need the Bible. Don't you think? There's certain things that we need inside, if not inside of our tummies, we need them in, in our mind and in our spirit in order that we will know more about God and more about what it means to be a Christian. And in fact, in the scripture, one of the things, and I love this because when Ezekiel did eat the Bible, he said, it tastes like honey to me. It's just as sweet as it can be. Oh, what a wonderful thing. To be able to receive the Bible as God's food. I, I was thinking, do you know what Jesus' favorite food might have been? Does anybody have a guess maybe about that, Reagan? Do you know what Jesus' favorite food might have been? That's a hard question, isn't it? Yeah, I've been thinking about it, too. I mean, you know, I, one of the things I remembered is that he liked fish. And because he served, he served fish for breakfast to his disciples after he was risen from the dead. Do you remember that story? It's fascinating. He was cooking fish on the beach when they caught a bunch of fish out on the water when he told them what to do. And when they came to the shore, he was already 
ready to serve them breakfast, which was fish. I also remember the story of how, yeah, fish. So fish could have been his favorite food. And I also remember, do you remember there was this, this little boy when he had all of these people that were there and they were waiting to be fed. This little boy had a lunch pail and he said, you can have mine. And guess what the little boy had in the pail? He had two fish and five little barley loaves, five little loaves of bread. And so Jesus' favorite food might have been fish or it might have been bread. Who knows? But I can tell you one thing that when he was 12 years old, it was obvious that he had been eating the Bible, not really eating the Bible. We don't really, I don't eat the Bible, but I try to, to receive it as God's food. I gobble it up with my eyes, um, and I bet some of you here do the very same thing. You gobble it up with your eyes to get as much of it as you possibly can in you. And it's a beautiful thing to think that Jesus was doing that very thing. He was urged by his mother and his daddy to feast on the word. And they went to a big festival in Jerusalem that was almost as big as like Easter for us. And when they left town, they thought, well, Jesus is with us and with, with some of his cousins. But when they got away from town, they realized, no, Jesus was not with the group that was traveling back home. And so they had to go back to look for him. And do you remember the scripture? Where did they find Jesus when they were looking? Where did they finally find Jesus? A little help. Temple. In the temple. And what was he doing? He was talking to the elders and to the leaders of the temple. And they were amazed at his understanding and his questions. They were amazed at just the way in which he asked questions. I uh, was sharing with a small group of people the other day. And I, I said, I went to Swamp Gravy down in Colquitt, Georgia. And at Colquitt, they have this, this, uh, this special town uh, play where people gather in an old cotton warehouse in the round and they they then tell the stories of the town and they sing songs and one of the songs that they sing uh, goes like this I've got a story you've got a story we've all got a story to tell I've got a story you've got a story one we know so well and they sing that that song and they sing lots of other songs but one time when I was there at Swamp Gravy and watching, I saw that there was a woman that was sitting near the very front of the audience, and she knew all the words. Every song that was being sung, I was more interested in the fact that she knew the songs, I think even better than some of the ones that were up on the stage. And she was speaking not only... She was singing the songs, but she was also speaking the words that they were saying. And afterwards, I went up to her and I said, now, you know this really well. And she smiled and looked at me and she said, I wrote it. <laughs> I wrote it. 
She was the one who had come up with the whole idea. She was the one that had written all of the songs. She had written all of the dialogue. No one knew it better than her. Now, see, I think this is what was going on with Jesus in the temple, is that Jesus was so filled with Scripture that those people who were hearing him ask questions didn't realize that he was the one, he was the originator of all of this. He was the one that was in charge of sharing this message with the world. And so Jesus was always asking with other people and in his own life, what's next? He didn't ever settle for just the way things were. He always was asking, what's next in terms of learning in the Bible? I was with a child just in the past few days who really did not know the Scripture well enough to know all about the story of Adam and Eve. And guess what happened when his mama told him the story of Adam and Eve? He started crying. He started crying. And she said to me, she, she said, she said, she asked him, why are you crying? And he said, because I cannot believe that they disobeyed God like that. He was he was eating the scripture. Even though he can't read yet, he was eating the scripture and learning and letting it be a part of his life. Jesus would have used a scroll. You know that, don't you? He would have used a scroll that looked something like this. When he preached his first sermon in his hometown, he used a scroll. Everywhere he went, he would have used a scroll. And his life was so attached to these words. And his interpretation was so fascinating. There's a word that is used in Hebrew that is Haggah. Can you say that with me? Children, you try it first. Haggah. I didn't hear you. Say it. Haggah. Good. Well, let's get, the, let's get everybody to help. Haggah. Haggah. And that word means to meditate, to think about what you're doing, what you're reading. Think about that. In fact, it's sort of like a dog chewing on a bone. You ever heard a dog chewing on a bone? And they kind of make these little strange little sounds. They like it so much. They're gnawing on it. And the Bible is supposed to be like that for us. We are supposed to be so involved in it that it makes us just, just so happy to be learning the Bible because it's our food. In fact, John Wesley, who started all of the Methodist churches, he started all of the Methodist churches, he said, and he read more books than anybody in all of England, I do believe. But you know what he used to say? He said, I'm a man of one book. Can anybody guess what that book was? It was the Bible. And so, let's pretend, let's pretend we have a Bible in our hands, okay? Would you pretend that you've got a Bible in your hands? And now let's pretend that that Bible is food, okay? <laughs> and now let's eat the Bible. 
How does it taste? It's better than spaghetti. It is. Better than spaghetti. Spaghetti. 